Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, fantastic to see you this morning. It really is good. Um, can I just say before I preach uh, this morning and share God's word, um, I'd really like to say um, thank you for all your handshakes. Okay, thank you for all your hugs. And also, thank you very much indeed uh, for all your greetings in cards. Uh, Diane and I have been really blessed over this last week to begin to meet many of you. As I look out uh, this morning, I can see many familiar faces and I'm trying to match up names with faces. I'm doing my very best. So if you could just give me a little bit of grace, just a little bit, um, I'll be very grateful. When I was teaching, uh, the headmaster used to say to us, to the whole congregation, I'll rephrase that, to the whole, um, to the whole uh, body of uh, teachers, I'll give you a challenge. And I want you, please, to remember all your students by Christmas. So there's a, there's a, a challenge for me this morning. But uh, before I preach, I just would uh, like to just uh, uh, say a little prayer as I lead in, please. Just bow your heads, please. Thank you. Break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me, as thou didst break the loaves beside the sea. Beyond the sacred page I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. Amen. So this morning I'd like to uh, begin uh, by reading out to you a card that I received uh, back in 1977. All right? It says in this card, it says, Dear Ian, I'm delighted to know that you'll be baptised on Sunday and I hasten to send you my warmest congratulations and prayers. I remember when I dedicated you to the Lord Jesus in Glasgow and now you are joining the church and uniting his people. I pray that it will be a rich experience for you on Sunday and that this will be the beginning of a long and faithful service. Now this is a quote here from 2 Samuel uh, 15 and verse 15. It says, A good soldier of Jesus Christ, ready to do whatever my Lord the King commands. I have served the Lord for over 70 years, and he has never let me down. And I know he will be your companion every day from morning to night, and from night to morning, as he promised. So he quotes the last words are, so I'm with you always. My love and prayers, the Reverend George Young from Adelaide Baptist Church in Glasgow, back in the good old days of 1977. So today I want to uh, begin a series by looking at Ephesians. And I and I don't think we saw in Natasha's pictures, those beautiful uh, runaround slides, um, a picture of the foundations. But this morning, I would like us to, if we can, just spend quite some time looking at the background to Ephesians. And I'd like us to be looking at what Paul got up to in Ephesians before we look at this small two verses, his greeting, if you like, to Ephesians. But in this new series, some of you might be saying, well, look, Ian... I've been here many years. I've heard all there is to say about Ephesians. Some of us might be new to the faith. Some of us might be still be asking questions. So wherever we are this morning, I would like to encourage you to come with me to have a look at this vital book that Paul writes to, to the uh, church in Ephesians. Now, this letter to the Ephesians... Okay... We haven't got a clicker yet, Brian, so we'll have to 
we'll have to coordinate a little bit, all right? So in this, okay, I have to have a nod to you, right? right. Give you a thumbs up, all right? So in this letter to Ephesians, all right, uh, John Stott says, there's a combination of Christian doctrine and Christian duty. John Calvin once said of Ephesians that it's the crown of Paul's writings. And William Barclay, a famous commentator, once said it calls it the queen of the epistles. And I don't know about you, but there's something about getting a letter with knowing who it's from. Now, the greeting that Paul gives to uh, the Ephesian church, which we'll look at in a few minutes, he starts with that word Paul. I'll leave you in suspense just for a moment. But can I just now have the next slide, if I can, please? Okay. Some of the big questions that we'll be looking at over these next few weeks from Ephesians, as we look at the whole book, we'll be asking the questions, who am I? Where do I belong? And what am I living for? So some people want to know about their identity, their belonging, and their purpose for life. And I want to just, if I can, with the next slide, show you an overview of Ephesians. And we're just going to be looking at the first three chapters this autumn. And then some of the time we will look at, if you like, the second part of Ephesians. Possibly next year we'll see. But we want to look at the relationship to God in Christ. And that's what Paul is all about, introducing us to. He talks about salvation in those first three chapters, worked out in doctrine. He works out his purpose and his power inside the church. So I thought that would be a good place to start. So we're looking at our vertical uh, relationship, our relationship with God through Christ. But if we just hold for a moment, let's just look at Ephesians chapter 4 to 6, which we'll be looking at sometime later on next year. He then goes on to talk about the relationships to others in the Lord. He talks about salvation worked out in duty and our walk, and he talks about spiritual warfare. And he looks at things going on outside the church, that horizontal uh, dimension. But the whole of Ephesians deals with our vertical relationship with God and also our relationship with the community and how we work that out. So first of all, as I said at the start, we need to have a look at what Paul got up to in Ephesus. And we know that he spent some time there. If you have your Bibles with you or you want to have a look at it at some other time, you can do so. There's got a whole chapter, Acts chapter 19. And if we were just to peer through the keyhole just for a moment, okay, okay, you can see on this next picture here, I'm very sorry it's not like Natasha, I haven't got one of these journeys where we can this morning follow Paul this morning on the three missionary journeys that he went on. we're going to be looking at, if I have a pointer, we can look at an Ephesus there, right, in Asia. And you can see another church called Colossae. Now, Paul is in prison when he writes this letter to Ephesians. And quite possibly, okay, he wrote other letters too. And this is sometimes known as a circular 
letter. Some commentators say, oh, when they look at the minute detail, Ephesus actually wasn't there originally. Um, but I'm going to go along with the idea because Paul keeps us in suspense in, I think it's, at, it's in uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 21, where he gives to us the carrier of the letter to Ephesus. I think that's a clue. However, there's his picture of his journeys. You can see he's been on a number of journeys, but going back to Acts and looking through the keyhole, the Apostle Paul first visited Ephesus on his return journey from his missionary journey where he entered the synagogue, he reasoned with Jews, okay, and also he spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading and concerning the things of the kingdom of God. You can read in Acts chapter 19 and verses 9 to 10, he then goes on to say, as well as reasoning with people in Ephesus, he later taught, he moved from meeting people's homes and persuading people. He then goes to a school of uh, Trianus for two years. And as a result, all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And I think Paul starts off in a small way, the church. And I want to come back to that idea of us being a small community here in Milford. And I want to make some links between the church of Ephesus, ourselves, and also the city of Ephesus, because it really today could be any city. But Paul writes to the Ephesian church about AD 62. And what he writes about are, if you like, the spiritual matters. He doesn't talk about his personality and the things that he's done with them, but he begins his letter excuse me, about spiritual matters. And as we think about Paul and having actually, as I said to you before, in, in, sorry, in Ephesians 6 and verse 21, it gives you the carrier called, I, my stutter sometimes comes through, so just bear with. It's actually called Tychicus, or if you want to raise it the other way, Tychicus, whichever way you want to go on that one. But anyway, we've got the carrier there. So Paul is in Ephesus. He has spent time with the church. All right? And in a moment, we'll go back and we'll look at the words he's going to say to the Ephesian church. But before we do, I just want to have a look at the city of Ephesus. And here, okay, um, is Ephesus. You can go and visit Ephesus today. It looks like that. It, if you use your imagination, okay, Back in the day, it was known as the fourth greatest city in the world. And between Rome, Alexandria, Egypt, and Antioch of Syria. But this road, as you can see, that goes up to this giant theatre here. I'm sorry, Natasha, but I'm going to use feet and inches. If it, where, where's, where's Natasha? All right. And I know you're going to scream at me and go, Oh, but Ian, I want metres. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry about that, all right? So it's in feet, but it talks about, okay, um, it talks about this place having marble slabs. It talks about this huge amphitheatre holding about 25,000 people. And the street, which you can see here, is named after an emperor called Arcadius in about 383 to 408. And these, these sort of streets were flanked with large columns about 50 feet deep. And it's interesting to see. 
And if you think about this just for a moment, in our cities today, we have got theatres, we have got commerce. So if you say, Ian, why are we looking at Ephesians today, when we look back at Paul's day and we think about the cities that he visited, things start off small. He reasoned with people in the local community. He discussed things. He met with people. Things have small beginnings in large cities and areas. And I think that's something that we need to bear in mind today. But having thought about okay, these great big structures here in Ephesus, you can see, there's something just behind some of these structures and these great big amphitheatres, but there's, there's, there's not a picture of this, Brian, so just hold on to the button. Okay. So, but there was, at the time in Ephesus, okay, a temple to Diana. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 19, verses 23 to 41. There are about 33 temples, and they were not just centred right in Ephesus. They were dotted all around. And when Paul was preaching in Ephesus, there were, if you like, these statues that were, that were inside Diana, this temple, which was four times the size of the Parthenon. So we're looking at a huge structure here. And what we're thinking of here, there was a temple called Artemis, okay, which was supported by 127 columns, each of them 197 feet high. And the Ephesian church, or the Ephesians, not the church, the Ephesians then took a great pride in their city. And one of the things you need to know, like all these cities, they always have a backstory. And the backstory is that this worship of this goddess in the temple was the focal point both for religious, economic, and cultural life for the worshippers. Now, when Paul comes in, to Ephesus and he talks about Jesus and the gospel and who Jesus is, there is a near riot and you can read about it in Acts chapter 19. And there's a point there because Paul is challenging them on their idol worship. These silversmiths were making idols to Diana and there was a dilemma. Their, if you like, economy, their work, okay, that they were doing was in actual fact coming into conflict with the message that Paul was sharing with them, and that was about Jesus, about Jesus Christ the Saviour. And so it is, these goldsmiths were slowly, because people were coming to faith in God, the silversmiths got in uproar and near riot with Paul because they were getting so angry that in actual fact they, he was taking away not only people giving money for these idols, but they were probably destroying them and saying to themselves, well, this is not the way that I now want to live. And so the silversmiths were in uproar with Paul and very cross with him. And what you must understand is that if you read through Acts chapter 19, you can read about not only was it affecting the uh, place in Ephesus, it also meant that the people, because there were these temples dotted around Asia, 
Because people were saying, I well want to follow Jesus and not the goddess, it then meant that the news of Paul's transforming gospel of Jesus Christ was in actual fact having an effect both on the economy and in outlying areas. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 19. We haven't got to the text this morning, I know, but I just want us to pause for a moment when we think about these beautiful cities that we have in this country and around the world, and Natasha being an architect and creating some beautiful buildings. And it's fantastic that we do have beautiful buildings. I think if you look at some of the vistas and the scenes and some of the parks and the places that we have in London and in other cities too, we have some very beautiful places But in many of these cities, there's another side. Sometimes we've got riots. Sometimes we've got the city life. We've got corrupt business. We've got people who just want to be out for themselves. And then we've got ourselves in Milford Baptist Church, the congregation here. Where do we fit into looking this morning at these verses? And I think that they're absolutely key for us to understand. Can I just ask you just to flick it on one more for me, please, Brian? Okay. So when Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, he addresses them, this is the local church now, he is pointing to the fact that he is Paul. The history with Paul is that he once was Saul. And you can read about his conversion story how he came to faith in Acts chapter 9. So the Ephesian church are receiving this opening two verses. But he actually links himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. So he is linking himself to Jesus Christ, his Lord. He had a gospel to take to the Gentiles, which we know. But it was also by the will of God to the saints... That word, the saints, means to be just set apart. It means going from being a sinner to becoming a saint. And sometimes I've been around some beautiful cathedral buildings and have seen some beautifully crafted windows. And what Paul is referring to here is people who are alive in the church. He's not referring to the stained glass idea of seeing a saint in a window. But Paul is sending this letter, not just possibly to the Ephesians, but to others too. People know Paul. He's an apostle of Christ. By the will of God, he's been sent out to the saints in Ephesus, to a locality, to the faithful. So we had people who had changed from being silversmiths and following different uh, worldviews. It was to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So those people had turned around from their idol worship and were now believing in God. And then we've got Paul saying, just following through, forget the two that's on the screen. He says, in Jesus Christ, grace and peace. God gives you and I grace. He gives us something which is an unconditional gift and he gives us his peace. And where does this come from? It comes from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I think that is a wonderful opening to what is, I think, quite a beautiful letter to read from Paul. I've got a question for you this morning. Who am I? I am who God says I am, says Paul. I've got a question for you this morning. Who are you? Who am I? Paul says that I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask you this morning, if you're one of those people asking questions about faith, or you've had faith for a long time, many of us would say that we have a conversion story. And just this week, I was just sharing with someone about my story. And I was just simply saying a small part of it with an elderly gentleman. And as I spoke, I just said, there's a favorite song that I've got called Amazing Grace. I once was saved, but now I'm lost. Sorry? What did I say? Oh, no, I'm not lost. <laughs> okay, I once said, I once was lost, but now I am found, saved, right. That's a big one. Okay, okay. Awkward moment. Okay, so as I shared this uh, with this gentleman, it was almost like an unsaid thing. I just had a moment with him. He just tapped me on the arm, and it was as if he was almost saying, I'm a Christian too. Does that make sense? Yeah, there was almost that. He didn't weep or cry or say, I now want to believe. There was almost that witness between us that he himself had had a faith in God. But we need to know what our conversion story is. Do we have a time when we can say where we came to faith in Christ as our Lord and our Saviour? Okay? Where do I belong? Do I fit into God's family? Some of you, I know, may have been, have been coming back to Milford Baptist Church here today. Some of you may well have been here for many years. I don't know. But a part of being a Christian is not just being a part of Milford Baptist Church. It's actually realising that we are in actual fact a part of something far, far bigger. And I'd like to read to you from Ephesians 2 and verse... Uh, 19, which says from the Amplified Bible, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, outsiders without rights of citizenship, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, God's people, and are members of God's household. And I think that's a lovely thought, to think that we have been adopted into Christ's family, this bigger family, not just Milford Baptist Church, but something which is far bigger globally and eternally too. So what am I living for? And I think this is a, a good question that many of us ask. And uh, when I was working as an architectural technician back in the day in my younger years and all the way through my life in teaching, I used to sort of meet people that were either this way overworked and really couldn't cope with life, or there were the other way. I very rarely met people who had a very balanced life. Okay? We we're always wanting to achieve what that balanced life means. I think for many of us, there is work, 
that maybe identifies us. Maybe there's the family. Maybe there's money or there's power. But all these have a potential to define people. But Ephesians 2, skipping ahead just a little bit if I can, it gives, Paul gives us a hint in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. He says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, okay, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So next time we meet, we're going to be having a look at this whole idea of predestination. And some of you are going, So, but Paul, I think, has got it right in the whole of this letter. He's looking at our vertical relationship with God, which we're looking at first, and then he looks at this horizontal relationship. How do we work with others? But God, I believe, is still in the business of using people like you and I at Milford Baptist Church. Even though we look at people living in the cities who appear to have got it all, They've got the money, they've got the family, they've got the business, they've got everything right. But just sometimes I think we have the real good news to share. We are able to communicate what we believe because we once found that good news that Paul writes about to the church. And I should just say, I haven't got it up on the screen, but everything is in Jesus Christ. And Paul mentions that all the way through the Ephesian letter about 27 times. To conclude this morning, I've been asking you some individual questions. and I've been asking myself an individual question. But here we are as we look, start to look at Ephesians, this book of Ephesians, which is a beautiful uh, worship service, nearly, to be honest with you. It is one of those, if you read it through, it's almost got praise, worship, teaching, praise, worship, all the way through the book of Ephesians. If you have time to read it through, then please do so all the way through. But this morning, I want to conclude by just asking all of us this morning, who are we? We are all who God says we are. And I hope that that's on that faith journey. Where do we belong? We all fit into God's family. Some of us are members of Milford Baptist Church here today. But more importantly, we are part of God's family, about God at work in and through us, wherever we are, whether it's here on a Sunday, whether it's at Mums and Tots, whether it's the friendship group, whether we work in the city, whether we are at home or at school or wherever we are, God wants to use us, not just on a Sunday, but throughout the week. And here, what are we living for? We're all living for God's plan in our lives. And as I've been reflecting and thinking about uh, the start of this new series about Ephesians, Ephesians is about all of us going on a walk, on a faith journey. And someone once said to me, Ian, walking is quite straightforward. It's just putting one foot in front of the other. I can stay stationary all I like. But today, some of us and all of us need to just take that one step with God 
and say, Lord, at the beginning of this new series in Ephesians, where Paul's writes to us, an apostle of Christ, to all the saints, for us to be faithful, to walk with him one step at a time. Let us pray.